0: You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Once the shine wears off a relationship, once we're out of the romantic uh, phase of of things, the first six or 12 months, uh, some of those red flags can show up in abuse. And, um, you know, you can be almost unable to be lived with.
1: Now, here's your hosts... Tim and well, hello and welcome to this week's uh, Momentum. Tim and Des with you once again all around Australia. Really, really appreciate you tuning in. Momentumaustralia.org, by the way, is uh, the website. So if you want to check out a bit more In uh, at the end of the show, let's just say that. But stay tuned right now because uh, we've got uh, something that you've probably heard about but may not necessarily understand, let alone recognize that it might exist in your life. Today we're talking about toxic masculinity. What is it? How do I recognize it? And if so, if I've got it in my life, what do I do about it? Des, it's good to have you here, my friend.
2: And it's great to be on the show again. It's a, it's a really interesting topic and I'm looking forward to getting into it. So it's good so great to be back and it's so great to have one of our guests from earlier this year back with us again. You know, he's... He currently works as an investigator and health and safety consultant at DFES. I'm not sure what that stands for. And, but anyway, it's from Western Australia. He's also an associate pastor and he's pastored four churches and been a pastoral supervisor. He's been a school chaplain, he's counselor, a couples counselor. He works through 12 step program with individuals and in groups struggling with sex addiction and helping people deal with trauma in their lives. And today, he's going to help us to understand toxic masculinity. It's our great pleasure to welcome back to Momentum, Pastor Steve Wickham. Welcome, Steve.
0: Thanks so much, Des, and Tim. Wonderful to be back.
1: It, it's good to have you back, man. And uh, Des, just yeah. just FYI, DFES is the Department of Fire and Emergency Services here in WA. <laughs> <Fantastic>. And uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, I mean, they may creep into the conversation because, uh, you know, there's, there's cultures within uh, any organization that we work in and uh, you know you guys deal with some pretty intense stuff and we'll we'll get to that in just a moment but look let's get straight into it Steve if we may because guys listening right now they've probably got I, I've heard of the phrase toxic masculinity some may have done some research into it and gone well yeah I, I, I know a bit about it but let let's get straight into it and say what exactly is toxic masculinity how do we describe it?
0: Well, def- defining it is probably the, the area to start in. The Journal of uh, School of Psychology uh, defines it as the constellation of socially regressive masculine traits that serve to foster domination, the devaluation of women, homophobia and wanton violence, which doesn't sound very good, does it?
2: Do <laughs> you think, it, Steve, that's a, a definition of the extreme of it as opposed to how it would affect most people Every day, because if you went to guys who behaved in a way that is would be described as toxic masculinity, they wouldn't say they do that. They probably say, "I'm not homophobic. I'm not into wanton violence." But but the traits that underpin what that is are the things we really need to talk about.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's a really polarizing kind of definition, isn't it? But it's you know, I think it's sometimes misused, but it's also sometimes not called out either.
1: Hmm. Let me go back then because we're all old enough in this room to remember a time before toxic masculinity seemed to be around, right? It it seems to have only become vogue in the last sort of five to ten years Mm -hmm. and particularly in the last couple of years. I think we've we've really heard this phrase toxic masculinity kind of being thrown around. So, Mm -hmm. can we go back to where we think it originated and why? Was there a time way back when that that something perhaps came about and went, oh, this is actually toxic and it's regarding men? Like, where did it stem from? It does
0: emanate from probably the 80s and 90s. And I guess as society is sort of chucked out from a Christian viewpoint, uh, Christendom, uh, a lot of uh, models of life in the society uh, kind of thrown out. Um, And 80s and 90s, there's a a new men's movement come out uh, called the mythopoetic uh, men's movement. And one of the guys behind that, uh, Robert Robert Bly, is a sociologist which I've uh, I've uh, read, quite a bit of his work and uh interesting how it kind of tries to identify for men where that where they can get in touch with their their real their their realness their their manliness Mm. but in a good way and i think it's as a response to this whole issue of this has been a challenge to what is it to be a man how many how many men have grown up without men in their lives uh some of these aspects of not uh, having been through like rites of initiation, which you would have uh, had, or rites of passage, and that sort of thing, mm. which we would have had many many years ago, but one of the one of the um, roots of, of this is the industrial revolution and the urbanisation of society. Uh, some of the 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 changes that have happened that have actually impacted men probably very very dramatically, um, and you could argue that we have some space to recover in that.
2: It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the traits themselves, uh, and we'll go through them shortly, the traits themselves aren't necessarily a bad thing. It is about the overemphasis on those traits that are, that are toxic. Right? So if you take things like aggression, a, a level amount of aggression is okay, but an overaggression is obviously toxic masculinity. And and you go down through the list of them, and you see that that you know they could they're so disruptive in society.
1: Do you think, Steve, that because of the way that society has gone, let's say since the late '80s and '90s, that society's almost kind of contributed to? Some men having to be a certain way and it's kind of created in some ways this monster of toxic masculinity.
0: yeah I think in many ways and you see this in social media a lot, this divided kind of world, this polarized world, people at the extremes, uh, extreme feminism, extreme sort of toxic masculinity and it's hard to find a way to the, to the middle point of being there for each other from a Christian viewpoint brothers and sisters and, and actually being respectful with one another. And so I think there's a a, a a place for a man being true to his emotions, but also not losing that masculine side of, of the best
1: part of being a man. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, Des, you mentioned before about let, going through the traits. So maybe this is yeah. a good part to, to go through what you were talking about before, Stephen, and, and how it actually plays out. And yeah. was the first one aggression? Well, um, it talks about uh, being a, you know, this
0: deep masculine, about men no longer being uh, comrades and uh, men spending more time in their houses and feminism bring, bringing uh, attention to the, to the feminine voice. Uh, the separation of men from their fathers and uh, a place where men were suffering emotional damage uh, due to uh, feminist accusations about sexism. And the last one was uh, men being discouraged from e- from expressing their emotions and I mm. think that's the key one this last one has a lot of lot of merit I think in uh, men not being able to access their emotions and being told you know toughen up princess and then uh, take it you know take a um, you know talk being coiled of a girl's blouse and those sorts of things which are denigrating towards women in any way mm. Um, mm. so we've we've lost what uh, the identity of being male is, I think, mm. we need to recover that.
1: Mm. Mm. Okay.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's about balance, isn't it? As well. I mean, it's uh, I mean, you're absolutely right, Steve. I totally agree that you know men need to find out balance in everything, in every part of their their being. And 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 just going through the list of things that if we can do that, I mean, first one was aggression. We talked a little bit about that, and the second one was you know sexual aggression or sexual control. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the pornography, a lot of the movies that you see uh, exemplify, uh, exemplify those as well. And so um, it's, it's very hard for guys to identify those things and, you know, and deal with them, I guess, in a balanced way. I mean, next one is showing no emotion, and you see that, don't you? I mean, uh, we you know, one of the things we talked about off air was um, about you know, the guys who go in the army or in the armed forces, special forces, uh, and those guys are, are taught to be aggressive, they're taught to be and um, show no emotion to suppress their feelings, and they have to do that because of their job. But in the real world, our world, you know, that's not acceptable.
0: That's one of the hardest things because as these men are trained um, to be soldiers uh, or to be uh, that military kind of role, you've got to be conditioned to do that. Mm. And then what happens when you come back into society? You kind of need to un- undo that somehow. Mm. And But some of that becomes – it does become part of your conditioning. So you can see how yeah. – how it, it's it's unfair. It's 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 unfair at the basic most basic levels, and we need to do more work in trying to help men transition and and capitalize on the strengths they've got, but also deal with what what comes with that. Mm.
1: For most men listening, they they probably won't have been in the armed forces, mm. right? Uh, and I know that PTSD has something to do with that. But but let's talk about um, I suppose how most men. Show up to life, and we talked about the fact that society obviously has changed, and it's a different pace than 80s and 90s and whatever. And it is a bit more cutthroat, and we feel like to some degree, we've got our armour up just to get through a day because life is tough, life is hard, and there's so much coming at us that wants to kind of put us down, or whether it's keyboard warriors or you know people in our lives, or that you know it's a, it is a different sense of society. So, how do you think, Steve, that we balance that as men? to have a healthy sense of masculinity identity but you know we're we're tough in a good way but Mm -hmm. we don't kind of go over the balance into this sense of toxic masculinity
0: well a lot of it is about being honest with ourselves um, and being honest with our fears as men uh, fear and sadness uh, are two things that we struggle with Uh, we struggle being honest with ourselves and with others and ultimately with god in that and if we can be honest about those things. We, then we battle less with things like anger and and aggression that we can't harness. So this fruit of self-control, you know, the 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 last of the fruits of the spirit. You know, this this whole thing is is about investing in being honest with myself around my what I'm sad about and what I fear because there's fear in all of us, men.
1: But let's be honest, a lot of men, mm-hmm. and I know certainly I can't speak for you guys, but for me in my backstory. I wasn't taught mm-hmm. to express that well. Yeah. A lot of my fears and my anxieties and my brokenness, particularly when I was young, was expressed in anger, yep. right? Yep. I wasn't taught to express that stuff well. Mm. And so if you've got someone listening right now who's going, okay, well, that sounds great. <laughs> mm. I haven't been modeled that well mm. and I'm not even sure where to start with that mm. process. Yep. So then how do we, I suppose, sit down, take stock and go, "Oh." I can see that this is actually fear, or it's something that I'm, you know, concerned about, or whatever. That's yeah. coming out as anger or another one of these toxic traits. Yeah,
0: well, to, to access help, you know, it's it's mentoring, it's coaching, it's counselling, it's it's being part of a church. Um, if you if you're part of a life group in a in a church, and particularly with other men, or have other men, we talk about accountability. One of the things that is not about accountability is not about poking someone in the chest and saying you're doing this wrong accountability is just connection Hmm. because if if i can see myself you can see me and you can give me just to see me i've got the feedback i know what i need to do that's the only accountability we need if we're honest with ourselves so it really is about connection with other men really really um you can't you can't emphasize that enough
2: yeah there are two sides to it too um I mean, we've talked about the aggressive side, we've talked about competitiveness, we've talked about um, showing no emotions over it. But the other side is dangerous too, and that is isolation. Not wanting to be involved with other people, not wanting to engage in social groups. Or, um, uh, and that's where you know, they tend to stay away from that and keep very much to themselves. And that's, that's such a dangerous thing you know, in terms of at least depression and least just ultimately suicide perhaps. Um, and, and that is such a, a toxic environment to, to have.
0: Definitely. And I, I would say yeah. if, if there's any, ever a time when you want to spend time with yourself, do it when you're, you're on the top of the world, when you're spiritually good and, and maybe it's about Sabbath and reconnecting with yourself and we all need that as well, but we do need to connect with others and to, be, and to be, feel safe in that as well. Hmm. That's very much about that. Be given permission to feel.
1: Hmm. I mean, the heart of momentum, and, you know, Des, you, you and I mentioned this a lot on the show, is that we encourage men to get connected. And part of it is accountability. Part of it is to have people speaking into your life that can speak into your blind spots. And so I wanted to speak into that right now. So for the men listening, because the challenge is when we're on our own, Or we're around people who don't hold us to account for certain things whatever our norm is we think is okay Mm -hmm. right it's only when someone Mm -hmm. challenges that that they might say look i think this you know when you overreacted there or when you do that do you actually realize that that might be and again that's hard for us to Mm -hmm. accept but then what i I suppose what i'm what i'm trying to get out of you is for men listening who don't really know Mm -hmm i mean they think they're okay yep. and we all do until yep. we get challenged or we have a different option put to us so for men listening how can they get a gauge i suppose of hey what are my healthy spots and yep. where might i need to look at yep. in case i'm wandering yep. over into these toxic traits well it takes courage to seek feedback and it also
0: takes courage to give feedback i mean you know it could be a threat to the friendship to be i just want you to be honest about this but to but it says a lot about a relationship where you can actually talk, that speak the truth in love, where well, you've got permission to do it, and actually, actually, good to test our relationships that we can do that. If because we we were not deep deep in our connection until we can actually do that, speak that truth in love, and it doesn't need to be a war and peace. It could be literally the right moment, something said in a few seconds, and give the person some time to reflect. Give them a day or two to reflect mm-hmm. on it, because. A lot of the time we, we process feedback, it's it's hard when we oh, gee, mm. that was actually quite hard to hear. Mm. Um, so, But it is a genuinely a loving thing for, for, for us to just identify something that in somebody else's life um, is harming them or their relationships or
1: both. Mm. Well, you mentioned the key word there. And we're going to take a short break and come back and talk about this because I want to talk about how toxic masculinity plays up in a romantic relationship we've talked about friendship here and how we can do that but what it looks like in a romantic relationship and how can we do something about that that is on the other side of the break we've opened up a huge can of worms in uh, this week's momentum but it's a great conversation and we'd love you to stick around for the second part of it with uh, our guest steve wickham toxic masculinity right here on momentum all around australia in the break check out the website momentumaustralia.org. we'll be back real soon
0: you're listening to momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org.
1: Well, welcome back to this week's show. All around Australia, it is Momentum. Tim and Des with you, and our special guest this week is Pastor Steve Wickham. We are talking about toxic masculinity, and we've explored a little bit about what it looks like in the first part of the show. Steve, let's then explore what it looks like in relationships, and particularly romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. How can toxic masculinity show up? In romantic relationships with our wives, partners, etc., what does it look like?
0: Well, once the shine wears off a relationship, once we're out of the romantic uh, phase of, of things, the first six or twelve months, uh, some of those red flags can show up in abuse, and um, you know you can be almost un- you know um unable to be lived with. You know, it's something mm. that uh, really comes out in our most intimate relationships.
1: So, when you say abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, we, we, we see that as an extreme, yep. and yet sometimes it's not necessarily extreme. Definitely. And a, of course there's verbal abuse, there's physical abuse, yep. there's, there's different types of abuse. Yep. So it, it, define abuse then when you're talking about this. Well, it's a very, variegated
0: term. So we commonly think of abuse as being physical or sexual or something really overt. But it can be verbal, it can be emotional, Uh, financial is a big uh, abuse these days, Um, or really any kind of abuse, spiritual abuse as well, Uh, anything that has has a controlling factor, coercive control. And that other person, it is inherently traumatizing to, to live with or be in a relationship with someone who is engaging in particularly these covert abuses, there are no bruises on your body, but... There are bruises that are going on within your, bo- within, within
1: your body. Define then the difference between abuse and perhaps having healthy boundaries as to what you will and won't put up with or the way that you like certain <laughs> things or whatever. Because some of us, you know, we can be quite finicky in particular and and, and that could be perhaps described as abuse, but mm-hmm. they may not necessarily see it that way as in yep. like, well, it's just I like these certain things, or do you understand what I'm yeah, trying to get at? Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think we've all got our idiosyncrasies, and some of the some of being in a relationship is accepting some of those, so long as they're not damaging and harmful. I like to encourage couples, you know, uh, in in relationships uh, in, in the early going, to try out the word no and to try out boundaries early on and see what the response Mm. is because one it's about conditioning the relationship that you know i do have boundaries and you can't have your way in every single everybody needs to have that every individual Mm. in the relationship Um, but you also need to be able to get a flag for okay i said no and he didn't accept that very well or you know she didn't it, it, it so if there's any sense that your no is not acceptable uh, that's that's an orange flag going into red if you know what i mean yeah and,
2: and control is verbal control is an interesting one and verbal abuse because it's never done well rarely done in front of other people it's always done you know in the home maybe in front of kids and that's really unhealthy but, but if you saw a couple you wouldn't even know that they had that, that sort of issue going on in their world because they present as a loving couple that care for each other and so forth but when they are in private yeah, that whole domination thing, control thing comes out and it's and it's absolutely toxic.
0: And you see it a lot yeah. in this front of stage, back of stage that you mentioned there, Des. That's the kind of back of stage where it comes out yeah. in the home. The front of stage is usually a very charismatic and very uh, joyful or, you know, a complete opposite and um, you know it can be a real big surprise. And you think, oh, you know, the say a, a, a partner comes down and said, look, oh, it was horrible being in that relationship. It was traumatizing years ago. You know, and and you you just didn't see it. We don't. We wouldn't see it.
1: Mm. Mm. Just for my own sense of clarity, before we we move on from this. Again, there'll be men listening, and they would be. I mean, we all have moments in married life, right? I mean, mm. let's, let's be honest, right? There's <laughs> there's things that happen that, yep. that aren't great. Um, is it is it simply that things aren't dealt with well, or the response that I give causes a reaction, or something? Is are they things to look for that yeah. would? Indicate that this isn't particularly healthy, whether it's on both sides of the camp. And that's a great
0: question because it really, is response to the things that stress us. It's how we respond. Uh, if we can work together on on something, it's obviously you know that's that's cause for great hope. But it's usually when uh, something happens and uh, and a and a partner it it it, t- it tends them toward. Oh, I'm I'm not going to deal. I'm not going to have that, you know. And that's where the control can come out. So therefore. These very strong, um, aggressive boundaries are put in place, and which leaves the other part, the, the the other partner, in a place where they've they've actually got no freedom in the relationship. Hmm. And the best part about all relationships is that we should have a strong sense of self, both partners. It's when we have a strong sense of self and we're allowed to be ourselves um, that we have a good a good bond, you know, uh, something that's not toxic.
2: And, and isn't it true that uh, Steve? You know, whenever that happens in a relationship, and, and let's just say the male turns aggressive and and is that way, um, and you know the partner doesn't know what to do. They they're affected psychologically. They don't know how to get help for that. They turn to alcohol. They turn to whatever it is they is their comfort zone, and they indulge in that, and that leads even further down the separation path.
1: If I forget put it that way.
0: Yeah, and I think you echo those consequences that are there for yeah. whenever we engage in, in that kind of aggressive behaviour.
1: Well well let's expand on that a little bit because obviously in a romantic relationship if mm-hmm. if it's toxic, mm-hmm. uh, I mean we can all kind of get a guess where the consequences of that lie is in that relationship isn't gonna go too far. But but let's speak to the men listening right now because obviously this is this is who we're we're really talking to right now. Mm. What are the consequences if a man listening right now is trickling over into toxic masculinity, certain behaviors and whatnot? If he doesn't get the awakening and deal with some of this stuff, Mm -hmm. generically in life, where does that end and how does that play out? Well, it usually end,
0: uh, ends up in broken relationships because relationships aren't, aren't tenable at that point where there's no where there's no space and where there's abuse and where there's that toxic masculinity
1: and to clarify relationships right across the board right not yeah. just romantic oh that's right exactly um we all
0: want to be treated fairly you know we want to we want to uh, be in relationships that are fair and just mm. uh, and nobody wants to be in a relationship with somebody who has their own way all the time Uh, one of the one of the hallmarks of uh, a person who's toxic is they can't take any responsibility in themselves they're always blaming others and it's always the other the other person's fault and uh, it's always about the other person doing something different
1: and uh, that's that's not sustainable in relationships
2: yeah that's true very very true
1: let's again talk to the men who are listening right and we've obviously been talking for about 25 minutes now about toxic masculinity. Uh, some guys who go hey this is really interesting. Uh, it's good to know this stuff. Some guys might get a sense of conviction mm-hmm. around some of what we've been talking about. So speak to these guys now because obviously what we do from here is key. Yeah. And generally what we do when we when we feel the way we do as guys when we get that we either run into shame mm. and we stay silent. We we then uh, distance ourselves from people further mm-hmm. because we think we're broken. and nobody's going to want me around, and whatever, you know. Or we just go, oh yeah, pff, no, that's fine. We'll just keep keep going on. Yep. So, uh, help guys now in this space if they've if they've kind of got an awakening around some of this stuff that might be happening in their lives or whatever. How do they deal with this moving forward? Well, I would say the genuine
0: Christian, uh, authentic uh, Christianity is about uh, receiving that conviction in a way that just sit in it because that is the gold the gold is happening where god's shining a light in your heart god is not con- condemning anything he just wants you to, he just wants us to to grow and thrive the interesting thing is whenever i've whenever i've found myself convicted um, it's usually been yeah an intense feeling of shame maybe for 10 minutes 15 minutes a half an hour and then i've found god come in and and god's grace is compelling because as soon as we look at it and say, "Yeah, actually, I do have an issue with that," I, I, I want to, I want to do something about it. Power—that's when the, the power comes into our lives.
2: Yeah, that's that's good, and and also sitting alongside that is admitting what we have, you know, admitting we've got this issue and admitting that it's affecting people around us, and and getting alongside another man and getting alongside our partner, and and talking us through. Look, I, I have been aggressive. I have been. Behaving this way, help me work through this, so we can come to a better outcome. And here's
0: this encouragement I, to, to go off what you're saying there, Des. Is the issue when we can see we've got insight around these things? That's a tremendous encouragement because we are yeah. we're capable of seeing from God's eyes and from others. I get it, receive others' coaching. That's humility. It's the pride that won't see it. That's the big big red flag in all of this.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Steve, let me put this out to men as well. Maybe they can relate to some of this, but maybe they know someone mm-hmm. yep. in their life and it's a good mate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they can see some stuff and they go, you know what? Okay, now I can see some red flags yeah. in this person. How do they broach that conversation <laughs> uh, without, you know, reawakening World War Three?
0: Well, there's, that's the risk, isn't it? But I would encourage guys to reach in Reach into that into that guy's life because what the relationship needs is it needs truth, and if the truth mm-hmm. um, makes the other man scurry or it it, it um it makes him uh, not face his, his truth, um that that kind of defines where the relationship was always going to go. But I think it could be it sometimes can be that that golden moment in a relationship where a, a guy uh, who's receiving it years later can can look back and say you know if it wasn't for that conversation. You put your finger on my, my, you know, just metaphorically on my chest, and just spoke those those words of truth and love to me. Uh, Look, look, look at what I look. It's saved my potentially saved my relationship. Mm. It's saved me from. um, I mean, these these things can we can end up in jail for you know assaults and uh, and all sorts of things that uh, that 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 can occur.
1: Let's end on a positive note, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we've been talking about toxic masculinity, right? So, as men how do we develop a healthy masculinity? What does that even look like yeah. in 2022? Because let's be honest, a lot of us haven't had a good example yep. of what a good healthy male actually looks like. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is we're, some of us are trying to figure this stuff out and we're doing quite well in some areas, but we're missing it in others. Yep. We might be straying into toxic masculinity at times. We've got this, so, so how do we discover a healthy sense of masculinity,
0: I'd go against the contemporary and go right back to the Bible, to the Apostle Paul, and uh, the way he talks about strength in weakness. Second Corinthians twelve. You know, you 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 have a look at and have a look at the whole of Second Corinthians. There is an it's a, it's amazing how much strength comes in being honest about our weakness. That is the essence about authentic Christianity. And you know what as men when we can show that that is that is gold class strength um and it's it's just that's what the world that's as a world we need that we need that strength
2: and and strength is a misused word i mean strength is strength as a person it's about character it's about openness it's about having the strength to be held accountable to talk about the tough subjects in our life that's what strength is it's not being aggressive it's not being the the macho man. It is about being open and honest of where you are in your life and doing something about it.
0: And and one final thing I would say there, Des, and I I say, I hear it in your voice actually. What what we as men we need more men in our lives who have got uh, soft and gentle voices. But it's it's not not based out of fear. It's actually based out of that strength you've just been talking about. We all need to feel safe yeah. um,
1: in that. Yeah. The reality is also yeah. is that when we've got a healthy sense of identity. yeah and we've done some yeah. work on ourselves. We don't need to stray into these other areas, right? Um, mm-hmm. When we can fully accept ourselves, the good and the bad, and yeah. go, I can see these good things I got, but I also see this other stuff and yeah. I'm working on it because yeah. it's a process, but when I can <laughs> hold that space and go, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on the upward trend. It, I'm, yeah. I'm doing all right. I, I don't necessarily need to then yeah. be aggressive, be violent, try and prove something about myself yeah. because yeah. I've accepted myself. Yeah, it's a massive conversation and a massive topic. Uh, toxic masculinity has been our uh, our uh, topic today with uh, our special guest pastor steve wickham and look hopefully you've got something out of the last half hour. i know i did and des i'm sure you have too Um, encourage you to re-listen to this when it goes up on the website momentumaustralia.org you can re-listen to it again or of course uh, if you put uh, momentum australia into your uh, preferred podcast listening area then you can uh, you can re-listen to this too steve just want to say a massive thank you for your input over the last 30 minutes that's been a great conversation And hopefully we'll help a lot of guys listening. So thanks. Thanks, Thanks, my friend. Thanks, Tiz. Well, that is it for this week's show. Really appreciate you tuning in wherever you are around Australia. Momentumaustralia.org is our website. And Momentum does literally go... Nationwide, impacting thousands of men each week through this radio ministry and podcast ministry. And look, if you'd like to keep us on the air and support us, uh, a donation would be much appreciated. Remember, you're not just contributing towards keeping a show on the air. What you're really doing is impacting men's lives through this radio show. And any contribution is gratefully received from Des and I, MomentumAustralia.org if you'd like to contribute to that. Again, check out the website for further details about Momentum, what we do, why we do it and if you'd like to hear previous episodes of the show as well you can do that at momentumaustralia.org my thanks to our special guest steve wickham and of course des and we will look forward to catching you next week on momentum until then you take care god bless
0: you've been listening to momentum a show that helps men succeed in life for more information or to hear this week's show again go to momentumaustralia.org